0: Hey. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. I totally relate. I'm Rissy and I'm Shelves and we hope you guys can totally Totally
1: relate. Like my body is comfy, but my heart is like a little rissy. Yeah, I totally am nervous. Okay. So we are so looking forward to having this conversation and sharing it with you guys. We have a few disclaimers or a few notices we want to share at the top of the episode. Yeah. So first of all,
0: these experiences that we're sharing are our experience. Right. Just through our lens, our life, our experience. Yeah. (laughs) And
1: so we want to hold space. If you relate to anything that we are saying or sharing, like we just want to hold space for you and for that. And we also just want to acknowledge that we have like a slim perspective of what experiencing life as a woman is entirely. And so if you have a different experience than what we're sharing, we also want to hold space and honor that for you as well. Right. So if you relate, cool. And if you don't, and you feel something different, like we would love to hear from you. We honor
0: and respect you. Yeah. We just want to support and love you and lift you.
1: Yes. Okay. I'm so glad you said that Shelby. So we're going to share a lot of like things that maybe we feel like are unfair or not cool Mm -hmm. or have hurt us, um, things we've carried for a long time. Like you mentioned before we were recording, the point of this isn't for you to feel pity for us or to try to grab attention for like, oh, look at what I'm going through. Mm -hmm. The point is, to shine light on some of these experiences and these feelings so that we can change them as women together. Absolutely. Right. Like we want to empower and lift each other mm-hmm. and,
0: and support each other. Right. And rise up and, you know, take our own narrative into our hands. I feel like is important to, for all people. Right. Yeah. Shelby.
1: I love that. Take the narrative into our own hands.
0: Yeah. Oh, amazing. So we get to talk a lot about our relationship with our bodies. Yes. And our experiences with that relationship. Yeah. And it's been kind of a rocky one. Yeah? Yes. <laughs> yeah. It really kind of has been a roller coaster. Mm-hmm. Um, so we
1: we brought this topic up a couple of weeks ago We journaled about it and like meditated on it Uh a couple of weeks ago. And then now that we're finally sitting down to record, I kind of do feel like it's been a roller coaster of emotions. Yeah. Kind of like sifting through my
0: experiences and my feelings. Yeah, absolutely. So like, let's dive in a little bit. So we journaled about our relationships with our bodies. That always is a tool that I feel is a way for me to really sift through and find the root of my emotions. A lot of the times I can get caught up on surface level things, but if you kind of follow it down a little further, there's there's a root cause of it. And as I was journaling about my relationship with my body, I it was a tangled mess. It was <laughs> yeah. all over the place. Yeah. Did you feel the same way? Yeah. Oh, man. So... And yeah, I think that a lot of it was, it, it, like I said, it was just a tangle. There was a lot of ups. There was a lot of downs. There was a lot of confusion. There was a lot of um, maybe looking at past experiences that I had harbored as maybe hurtful and then reevaluating them from my you know, adult perspective kind of changed some of that. So I did find some healing as I uh, tried to figure out what my relationship was with my body. What a what a weird concept. I don't know. Like yeah. we all have relationships with our bodies. Yes. Interesting.
1: We we all do. Mm-hmm. What you were saying kind of sounds like you were doing some really intense therapy with yourself. Like you were yes. reprocessing. Mm-hmm. Like these experiences that you had, I feel like, oh, wow, Shelves, that
0: was <laughs> so deep. <laughs> so cool. So I attend therapy, right? And <laughs> something that my therapist and I have been working through is um, inner child work. And so that essentially is going back and parenting yourself. Yeah. And it was interesting to have that perspective and to look at these relationships or uh, the wounds that I had maybe festered or held on to, they were surfacing in ways and with my new perspective, I was able to see, oh, that was maybe like a loss of control mm. in that aspect of my life or, yeah. you know, and we can kind of get into yeah. it. Yeah. No, get into that. Tell, dive in. Tell me about that. Yeah. So, There was a lot of emotion that came up from my 16 to probably about 21 or 22. I had a lot of instances where, so for example, I had a situation with my friends. They were all kind of expressing how they didn't like their shoulders. I remember being like, that is like such a weird thing to not like. And one of the girls said, well, you have manly shoulders. And it took me off, it caught me off guard at the Mm -hmm. moment. I think that I was just really insecure and and I heard that uh, blanket statement of, I had something that was not favorable for others. And I was like, how do you cover how do you cover your shoulders, right? And I was really insecure at this point in my life. That was an insecurity that I held with me for actually a long time. And so as I was going back and re-journaling, or as I was journaling, that memory came up. And it was really interesting for me to look at it and see that we were young. We were probably 18 or 19. And we were all just in our own stories. And we all had our own insecurities. And I don't think that that statement was as loaded as I felt that it was when it was said. And it was interesting to um, see that part of my life that I harbored for so long just kind of be what it was. It was a silly statement by young girls and that it wasn't at all what it looked like on the surface as we were all struggling deeper. And sometimes those insecurities come out in interesting ways, right? Yeah. So that was like really interesting for me where I was able to redefine a moment that felt like it defined me.
1: Mm, Okay.
0: Yeah. So that I I thought that was really interesting.
1: Yeah. So, okay. So I love that you shared that because I feel like, okay, this is exactly the thing that we want to be able to make better for future generations Mm -hmm. of women. Right. So instead of you know, looking at ourselves with like this hatred or like this disdain or like we want to change. And then giving that pain to other women, you know, like that was kind of handed to you, right? Like you, you didn't even care at all about your shoulders. Like, yeah, shoulders with shoulders. And then sudden it was like, yeah, but your shoulders are manly. Mm -hmm. And so now all of a sudden like this was given to you.
0: And I took it, right? Yeah. And so
1: like, how do we, like what we would like to see happen is that as women, we no longer hand that pain to each other. Mm. And instead of sharing this, like wanting to change the shape of our bodies. Like, I just feel like that's what, like we always want to change the shape that we're in because we want a different shape. Instead of like doing that to ourselves and giving that to each other, instead of being like, like accepting of my shape and accepting of your shape. Yeah. Because that... I mean, I feel like, man, that's so unfair. And you have situations like that. I'm sure that's not your only one. I have situations like that. And I'm sure everyone who's listening also has had an experience where some kind of pain was like kind of handed to them because some, like another woman felt, you know, like a lack of Mm self-acceptance. And so she's like, well, this sucks. And guess what? You shouldn't accept yourself
0: either. Like, yeah, like, like it was wrong of you to be in a place of acceptance with yourself. It was almost like come and join the dark side, right? Yeah. Like they're, and and I don't know if this is an every girl experience. It seems like it might be, but they're, have you ever seen Mean Girls? Mm -hmm. Um, Mm-hmm. With Rachel McAdams and Lindsay Lohan. They're amazing. And there's this scene where all of the girls are standing in front of the mirror and they're interchanging what they don't like about their bodies. Yeah. And one of the girls doesn't really say anything and they all kind of turn and look at her like, Are you not gonna join in? Right? Like oh, there was almost wow. this unity in yeah. in hatred. Yeah. And it was really it was portrayed really funny in the movie, but there was also this element of truth mm-hmm. where there were so many times where I felt like I hate my thighs. Oh my gosh, I know what you mean. I hate my stomach. Yeah. I hate my yeah. I hate my this, I hate my that. And and it would get very nitpicky and yeah. wild. Mm-hmm. Wild. And it was almost as if we were all joining yeah. in this pain. together. It
1: was, it's like a social activity Mm -hmm. that connects women. So it's like, oh my gosh, my hair's a mess today. (sighs) Yeah. I haven't showered in like
0: three days. Like, oh my gosh, I haven't even washed my face. Yeah. We like
1: continue (laughs) to like degrade ourselves Mm -hmm. in front of other women. And like, that is where we find connection. Yes. But it really is. I mean, there's just no substance to that. Mm -hmm. And, and then when we leave that social, like, that gathering or whatever. And then we just go home and we take away those things like, oh yeah, I hate my hair. Or like, yes. yeah, I wish my face was different. Yeah. Instead of, yeah, that acceptance.
0: Right. Ugh,
1: shelves. That was so good. Okay, so I went through, I journaled, I like sat down and I'm like, I'm probably gonna spend like the next four or five pages just talking about all the things I hate about my body because mm-hmm. I like have a list of them. And, and I know like, you did cheer when you were in high school. You yeah. did dance, you did ballroom dance, yep, I did cheer in high school and in college. And so I feel like there was a lot of time that was like dedicated to my body, the way my body looked, oh yeah, like that just took up so much time. And yeah. a majority of that time was so negative. It was like my love handles, my mm. pooch, my cottage cheese, my like it was. Oh yeah. So I just thought like, okay, I'm going to sit down and I'm going to journal about like my relationship with like my body image or my relationship with my, myself is this going to be so negative. And as I started writing, like I did a little bit, I talked about how like, I mean, there was like a large portion of my life where I'm like, I'm going to get a boob job legit. Like I like started saving money because like, I wanted to like, I was like way too flat and like, I wanted to be sexy. I wanted to be
0: desirable. Mm Mm-hmm.
1: And I feel like that's kind of funny because now the narratives. I right now I kind of feel like a smaller chest is kind of it. You like,
0: oh yeah, like absolutely. It's kind of like like more- the narrative totally switched from when we were, when I was younger. It was I. I was so self conscious. In fact, one of my friends and I, we were both really flat chested, and we were like, we're getting boob jobs. Yeah, like that, that's mm-hmm. like a thing. And then probably within what the last 10 years oh, that narrative I mean, has switched probably from like the last
1: two or three.
0: I Oh, mean, I okay don't, yeah
1: I don't think it's been that long maybe well, not yeah you're right I think it kind of has been in with like this I guess I noticed it with like the whole like yoga on Instagram
0: mm-hmm. kind
1: of like that's when like the more natural like now it's now it's more desirable to ha- kind of have like more of a smaller chest but a bigger booty yep oh but yeah before like like you want to like a Victoria's Secret tiny booty and like big chest. Yeah. 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 There was like a time where like I legit like spent time worrying about the literal shape of my body. Yeah. And I hated so many parts of it. Yeah. And then as I was journaling, I all of a sudden like realized how much time of my life has been kind of sucked away into this like, self-degradation or, like, this that has done no good. Like, looking in the mirror or, like, obsessing over, like, magazine pictures of other women, like, did zero things for my health or my own body image, right? But it it consumed so much time. And then all of a sudden, my journaling just kind of turned into, like, this grief of, like, (sighs) oh, my gosh. Like, as a young girl... I don't know. Like, I just, I see women and I see girls so differently now. I just like, oh man, like you have the power to change the world. Like you have like, you have so much strength to like connect with somebody or like lift somebody or like share your story and like change the world for the better. And I feel like when I was in that time of life, I was so consumed with how much I didn't like my body that like, I was too afraid to ever put myself out there because I was so worried about the judgment that would be made on me. And so I didn't take chances. I wasn't courageous. I missed out on opportunities because I was so worried about like what other people think about the way I look Mm -hmm. and not always about like, oh, if they think I'm fat or if I'm, or they think I'm skinny, but even just like, well, I have crazy red curly hair. Like that's so different than like the ideal blonde straight hair. Yep. And so like, I have like a lot of freckles. And so like, it's so different than like that clear complexion that everybody wants. Mm -hmm. And so not even just like my weight or my body shape, but just like
0: every little thing about me. I'm like, oh man, they're going to think that like, I'm too much. I'm too crazy. Yeah. Well, also um, there's a lot of stereotypes about like being a redhead. Like mm-hmm. there is a lot around that Yep. too. Yeah. So that would be... And not only having red hair, but having extreme amounts of curl where when you were in high school, what the style was completely straight. Like, did you flat iron Mm -hmm. your hair all the time? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
1: My friend, my best friend in
0: high school, multiple times, like
1: one time she like legit ironed it with an iron, like on an I did that all (laughs) the time. Yeah.
0: That's how I straightened
1: my hair when I was young. Totally. And then like one time for Christmas, I got an actual nice straightener and my Mm. friend would like straighten my hair for me. And it would take hours. And then it's like, okay, I can't get in the shower. I can't wash my hair. It can't rain. It can't be humid. Or like, I'm going to lose this straight. And it was, I mean, it's just exhausting. Totally. I can
0: absolutely relate to that. I don't have nearly as curly hair as you do, but I do have some curl and bounce to my hair. And it was so undesirable in (laughs) high school. And I remember all of the time, missing out on opportunities, especially in the summertime where it's like, no, I'm not going swimming. Mm -hmm. I'm not running through the sprinklers with you. Whatever it was, it was like, no, I just did my hair. Like I can't, I can't do that. What a limiting perspective to view yourself through, right? Yeah. Okay.
1: So let's just real quick, bring
0: in the point that like, okay, yes, this
1: might seem like, oh, first world problems. Like, I mean, we we are definitely like two white women in very acceptable bodies. And in so, Utah Valley. <laughs> yeah. And so like, there is this part of like, okay, you know, maybe it sounds like we're one you're complaining, but I just want to highlight the, the idea or the thought, or I just want you to like sit and ponder on this for just a moment that like, there are things, there are messages that our society shares with us that tells us it would be better to look a certain way than it would be to enjoy life to the fullest. Mm -hmm. So perhaps some of the things we're sharing maybe seem like a little bit trivial or whatever. But the point is, is that our societal messages are really holding back I, women, absolutely. And I dare say like a lot of men, I think with social media, social media is definitely impacting men and their self-image as well. Yeah. So like that means like large majorities of us are receiving the message that we should not live life to the fullest,
0: period. And period, that's it. You are not desirable, mm-hmm. the end. And that um. so that was really big for me as I was recognizing and seeing not only my own trauma and that there are, um, a lot of people in my life that have opened up about self image and the insecurity that is wrapped up in that. A lot of the conversations that I've had with my friends as we grow older is how much we're like our parents, like how much of, um, these insecurities or these lessons were passed on by our mothers or aunts or sisters or, uh, best friends or teammates or whatever it was, there's this message that goes along. And I experienced that same grief that you were talking about. There was this moment where I was looking at these words that I had written and I, I was crying. Mm -hmm. Like I just was crying. And I was, I was sad for me. I was sad for that 12 year old inside of me, And then that grief extended beyond me. It was my friends have suffered this. My mother has suffered from this. My niece, my like, and then there was this anger. There was this fire of how long. And I guess that hand in hand with that is what we are being served on the daily via diet culture. Mm Mm-hmm every yeah. time I jump on Instagram mm-hmm. or any conversation that I have. And it's all, in fact, I was just having a conversation with one of my friends today and she had said something along the lines of she owns a scale so that she can keep herself within a certain parameter. And when she gets out of that parameter, then she knows that she's uh, air quotations wrong. Mm-hmm. And it was so confusing for me because it was like, you're, you know, zooming out and seeing it for what it is, it's like you're limiting yourself and saying that you're not good enough because, because of a numbers on a scale Mm -hmm. or because of, you know, like, like I had a fat pair of jeans. Mm -hmm. Right. And it was like, oh no, like when I'm putting those on, like, then it's like time to hit the gym. And what a sad limiting perspective on life. And I think that every single person is affected by this. I had this overwhelming amount of grief wash over me, not only for myself, but for my ancestors and for future generations and that I don't want to pass this on. Right. Mm -hmm. I don't want to unbeknowingly pass on diet culture to my children or my nieces and nephews or, you know, with people yeah. that I love. And I was like, somebody's got to stop this, right? Yeah.
1: Yes. Okay, exactly. And so that is why dun, 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 <laughs> we are sitting down behind microphones and we're saying, hey, guess what? We have nitpicked the hell out of ourselves. Yes. If, it, if it's like our freckles or our boobs or our butt or our cottage cheese. Or, or our nose or nose. our shoulders yeah. or
0: the hair. The color of your hair. The color of
1: your eyes. Yeah. The... We have nitpicked the hell out of ourselves. Mm -hmm. And like, and now we're like, Kate, no more. Like this stops This stops with me. And so if we want to change the culture, if we want to change the societal message, we can't be like pointing our fingers at everyone else. We have to like look in the mirror, literally, which is the thing that has been so detrimental and (laughs) harmful. But we have to look in the mirror and say, hey, I see you. I love you. You are good enough and you are worthy Mm. regardless of your shape, size, weight. Like that's not what determines our worth. Right. But I feel like, I mean, we can say that and I've heard a lot of people say that. Um, I think that's like kind of like the, the way we're writing right now and all like, that's all good and dandy. And I feel like, yeah, more power to you. You go girl. But like, when it comes to me personally, I'm like, yeah, that's great for you. But
0: There's a screeching halt. I still have to
1: be accepted. I Mm -hmm. still have to be desirable. I still have to be sexy. I still have to be fit. I still have to like, it, it really is such, it's an inside job. If we don't want
0: to perpetuate this message. Right. And also I think that, so my belief stems from that our natural state of being is love like we are on this yep. vibration of love. That is what our souls desire and want and, you know, vibrate at. And so these things that we're told, they don't feel good because they're not true. And mm-hmm. so I feel like there is this inner knowing in each of us that we are worthy. We are whole. We, we do come from a place of love and creativity. Yep. And so when we're taught these things, they hurt and they don't, they don't sound good. They don't feel good. Uh, because they're untruths. Yeah. And when we are living in a state of untruth, we are not reaching our highest self. Yeah. And so when we're holding on to these insecurities and we're harvesting and we're harboring them and we're nurturing them, we get sicker. That's what causes mm-hmm. dis ease. That's what causes discomfort. Mm-hmm. Um I mean and anxiety, depression. Yes, all of it. That mm-hmm. that that snowball effect, um, and hurt people, hurt people. Mm -hmm. And we lash out and we bring others down. And I think that there just has to be this universal waking up to this doesn't feel good. Diet culture doesn't feel good. Hating my body, um, doesn't feel good. The, the amount of hours and time that I spent in front of my mirror, pinching my thighs, pulling my belly a certain way, turning so that I could get a I mean I have always felt that my under chin was too much and I would tuck my 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 hands to like try to tuck my double chin and it's like that is crazy. Like that yeah. is wild. So much time and pain mm-hmm. spent in doing that. And so this waking up to this is an untruth. And mm-hmm. in order for me to reach my highest self, I have to release these limiting beliefs. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Okay. So let, okay, actually. Okay. Let's talk about boundaries for a second. Absolutely. And I know like we want to have like a whole nother episode where we talk about like boundaries in general, but I just want to bring it into this part just for a moment to, to highlight the fact that like, I think this is a reason why, I don't know, maybe maybe women, maybe our culture isn't great at holding boundaries because right away, our boundaries are violated. From a young age, we are told like, you're not pretty or like mm-hmm. your legs are too big or mm-hmm. like your hair is too curly. Like we are, our boundaries are violated because other people feel like they get to say or they get to have a say in the way we look and if that's okay or not, right? Yes. And so um, I think that that, and also the fact that like another way that it our boundaries are violated is through diet culture, you know, when they say what you can eat and what you can't eat. Yes. So somebody who exists outside of your body who has not done Mm. the work you've done, who has not had the amount of sleep that you've had, who has not had the amount of stress that you have. Like somebody who exists outside of your very own being is saying when you should eat, what you should eat, how much you should eat, what you shouldn't eat.
0: Mm. What good food is, what bad food is, what food's nutritional, what food's not. Mm -hmm.
1: And so I just feel like, (sighs) wow, what a violation of boundaries for somebody else and and I don't think it's like one person in particular I think it's like entire industries absolutely that like make millions and millions of dollars being able to violate our boundaries by telling us yeah what we look like if it's good enough or what we can and
0: when we can eat and so I just feel like to hell with diet culture I 100% agree with that statement <laughs>
1: I mean, how in the world can, how in the world could girls really be good at holding boundaries when like right away? Ugh. And, and you said something else that was really interesting too. You said between the ages of like what, 16 and what? I think I said like 21 or 22 maybe. Okay. So I feel like that's really interesting because I feel like that's kind of the
0: height of like sexualization. Absolutely. Of the female body. Oh, because I don't know if you remember this, but Miley Cyrus... She did the whole Hannah Montana thing. So I totally grew up in that mm-hmm. era, right? Party in the USA. Do you remember that song oh, when she released it? Oh, it's on my running playlist. Oh, I love it. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. That song came out either before or right after she turned 18. I, I want to say that it was before because she's wearing these cowboy boots. She's got these mm-hmm. short jean shorts on and she's looking good. She looks mm-hmm. great. But she, I, I believe that she wasn't 18 at the time. And I feel like I remember a lot of talk being like, she's turning 18 this year. Like, oh, she's finally legal. Like, she'd been overly oh, sexualized. Whoa. And there was almost like this countdown of, yeah. of that. And I'm sure Miley Cyrus isn't the only yeah. um Pop star that has experienced that, but there's almost like this ticking countdown, right? So I, I do, I agree with you of that sixteen to twenty-one age is that over sexualization. You've got these young girls that are heading into, um, what's the word for that? It's like it's like womanhood.
1: So we're like we are. We're able to have children, but yes. we typically haven't had children yet. Mm-hmm. So we have like these woman bodies without having a lot of woman experiences. Like your hips are still like pre baby hips, right. your stomach is still pre baby stomach. Absolutely. Um, but yet you're like in the sexually active stage. Yes. And I feel like that, I mean, this is how crazy it is. As a freaking 36-year-old woman who is married and who has had kids, like, I am comparing myself to 18, 19-year-old women on social media Mm. who, like, were, it's a different generation. Why in the world am I comparing the way I look to a completely
0: different generation at this point? And, like, wishing that I looked like them. And that... That's funny that you, that you point out, point that out because seriously bodies change and we're, we're, we're changing and evolving and it's very unfair to, you know, put somebody in this aspect of desirability at honestly, like a pubescent stage in their life Mm -hmm. and It is hard because, you know, as your body does change, there's also um, so much in our culture against aging women. Mm -hmm. Um, It's probably the worst thing that could happen to a woman is the message that I received like growing up. Yeah. Um, Getting old. Yikes. Wrinkles. She didn't age well.
1: Oh, oh, ew. Shelby, I know.
0: I've heard that. She really shouldn't have got that. Botox done it's like oh okay so she's not aging well but then you don't like that she has Botox like I'm very confused at Uh, what the it's confusing to say the least but yeah that age is interesting and it goes by quickly Mm -hmm. and going back to like what we were journaling there was this gratitude that came over me after I went through this experience of grief
1: Mm -hmm. and it
0: was of what my body does for me, right? Like the way that it's carried me through my experiences and through my trials. And I mean, maybe this sounds weird, but I have a full length mirror in um, my room and I just did, I stood in front of the mirror and I feel like I saw my body for the first time in a long time. And I just looked at it and held space for it. And felt gratitude for it Mm -hmm. um because it's me and it's my vessel that's carrying me through this life, right? Yeah. And how I guess my question is how do we always operate from that instead of it being a fleeting moment? Yeah. Right? Like how do we how do we live in a space of love when so much of the world is telling us to not love ourselves? Yeah.
1: Okay. I'm so glad you asked that. I was going to say, one of the things that I had written down that I really wanted to discuss with you was, um, if after doing your journaling, if you realized that there's been a shift in your relationship Mm. with your body, like what was the catalyst for that shift? And I think that if we dive into this question, we can maybe answer. Yeah, absolutely. So like, is there something that has helped you have maybe a more positive relationship with
0: your body yeah well first of all a lot of that was just through my own mental health journey and recognizing that I had a really bad relationship with my body because I had unhealthy thoughts mm-hmm. and I had to recognize that those patterns and so I had to set boundaries for myself in 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 some ways so a lot of that looked like no more standing in front of the mirror and pinching your thighs and imagining them to be smaller. Yeah. Like, no mm-hmm. more of that. We're done with that. No more obsessing over, over somebody else's body in a comparison mode, mm-hmm. right? Like, no more of, like, oh, she has this and I don't have that. Like, you know, that had to stop. Um, And then the biggest catalyst for me was... Using my body as a tool to help me feel good. And what I mean by that is I my mental health was suffering and I had to have like a lot of reframing, rewiring. And we kind of talked about this in some of our past episodes, yeah. what I would say to my younger self when I yeah. was talking about my change in uh, affirmations were, were yes. really good for me, journaling, um, meditation. But something that I had to, to realize is well, basic science, right? Moving your body creates endorphins. Yeah. Endorphins mm-hmm. help you feel better. Yep. And it was just recognizing of that. I used to go to the gym to work off my ice cream or to earn my ice cream. Uh, okay. Right? Yep. Mm-hmm. And I no longer look at... Well, I do, I no longer go to the gym. I, I use different ways to move my body. Yoga being one of the biggest things. But using that and recognizing that it wasn't necessarily for my body or my image, it was because I felt better. Mm -hmm. My thoughts were, my mind was more clear. I had clarity. I had uh, this euphoric state of mind, not necessarily of, um, there was a point in my life where I had um, like a a PTSD uh, type, situation that had occurred and about six months after my mom was diagnosed with her um, brain disease I had like symptoms of PTSD show up I had lost handfuls of my hair I lost 40 pounds or something I looked really bad and that was the skinniest I've ever been in my life it was also the most unhealthy I've ever been mm. in in my mind. So I think that it was recognizing that when I was my quote unquote skinniest, I actually felt really sick. I um, was really sad. I None of it felt good. Yeah. And my body has changed in a lot of ways, but I'm happier now because I use my body and I love my body through workout and affirmations and writing. Yeah. It's kind of a long answer yeah. around no, no.
1: that. I love that. But That's perfect. I, I relate a lot with that because working out, I think changing my relationship with go, like working out or going yeah. to the gym has been like one of the most helpful things. Yes. Um, I, w- I was like, you were like, okay, I have a, a goal weight, a target weight. And I'm like, I'm literally going to try to like run my butt off to get down to that. Literally. Yeah. Yeah. And like <laughs> checking out every time after I get done running out. Like, did it work? Is it gone? No, it's still there. Um, but like, li- I, I did. It was a very unhealthy relationship with working out. I dreaded it. It was hard. Yeah. It just kind of like sucked the life out of me. Um, one of the things that's been the most helpful is I, I don't weigh myself.
0: I never weigh myself. I don't weigh myself either. Yeah. Like,
1: and so when I go to the gym instead of being like, oh, I lost a pound or I gained a pound. Yes. Instead, it's like, oh my gosh, I feel so much better. And now instead of going to the gym, it's like I have a few of my favorite exercises. And I've talked about this before, like running, especially as one of them, um, where like I do that for my mental health. And there's Positive side effects for my physical health. Yes, but it's like when I'm like, okay, you know what? I am really stressed out right now, mm-hmm. or like I'm not being the best mom I can be right now, and I feel like I want to yell at everybody. Like I'm about to be a monster. Like I need to go move my body in the healthy. way Yeah, monster. I always am. Like what the heck? I used to be like cool and funny, and now I'm a monster. <laughs> uh. Um, but yeah, like that's when I'm like, okay, I need to, I need to move my body, and it's like part of that is like very. You know, like, it it goes back to, like, our tribal days where we, like, you know, running away from the lion and, like, how we, like, literally, like, work out our stress that way. Yeah. And so that's been really helpful. But really just, like, not weighing myself has changed working out entirely for me. Because I'm not working out to get to a target weight. I have no idea how much I weigh. Yeah. I just know how I feel. And so using, moving my body to change how I feel. And
0: usually it's like, you know what? Like, I need to... I need to go for a walk. Yeah, it's, I love I love what you what you just said because you were basically saying that I drop into my body mm-hmm. and based off of how my body feels is the action that I take after. Yep. If I'm in a state of comfort and things, then maybe that. Choice is different, but it's like, oh, I feel maybe it's sluggish, or maybe you're feeling lethargic, or you're feeling heavy, or and so easily irritated. Or, oh, good, good, yeah, yeah. like aggravated, mm-hmm. or it's like, hey, I am feeling feelings of discomfort. I'm at I'm at dis ease right now, mm-hmm. um, and so therefore, what I'll do is I will move my body yep um and that is really interesting because that brings on a level of awareness yeah. and you have to have a set point or uh, maybe that's not the right word but you have to have like a measuring of what feels good and what doesn't feel good and you just have to be brave enough to see the difference of the yeah. two and that awareness of the the way that your body isn't in inhabiting its space or the way that your mind is working helps you determine what you want to do going forward, where before it was like, I gotta earn that ice cream, yeah. so I gotta go run that five miles, or yeah. do it was those really squats. like it was really guilt-driven mm-hmm. and really like shame-driven. Right. Where now where you're saying, Hey, I like I'm gonna tap in and see how my body feels. You're coming from a, 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 of a space of awareness and you're coming from a space of, of love because you're, you're recognizing where you're at and you're saying, Hey, this is what I'm going to do to change that instead of wallowing or continuing to live in that space. Yeah,
1: Yeah. for sure. So I think, yeah, that's been like one thing that's been really helpful in changing my perspective or my relationship with my body. The other thing that's been really helpful is a simple question. I, like, ask myself all the time, and even when I hear my friends say things that I feel like really contribute to, like, diet culture or, like, the beauty industry, I always, like, ask this question of, like, okay, who benefits from this? Mm. Who benefits from you feeling too fat? Do you benefit from that? No. 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 no, it, it, it do, you like end up wallowing or, or feeling shame or like feeling not good enough. Yeah. Then you retreat and you isolate. You don't venture out there. You don't take opportunities. Mm-hmm. Like, do you benefit from feeling like, oh, I feel ugly or I feel fat?
0: No, but no, who, I suffer from it. Yeah.
1: But like a lot of, I mean, there are industries that make so much money every single day, every single year from you not feeling good enough. Yeah. So like you need this eyeliner. You need this shampoo. You need this diet pill. Mm. You need this workout. You need this app. I mean, it's I could true. keep going. Isn't you it? You need this shirt.
0: You need these spanks. You know, like, like. Well, and, and you can't keep up with it though, because as we were saying earlier, you had mentioned that, you have a lot of freckles, mm-hmm. and it's so funny because at, when you were younger, that was considered undesirable. Yeah. But now there's freckle pens. You can <laughs> paint <laughs> paint on freckles. Yeah. Literally, paint on freckles. Yeah. Which is it's funny because it's it's always changing, right? Yeah. So in my lifetime, we've we, the narrative has switched from being. Skinny-waisted and big-chested, and now it's Mm -hmm. big-booty, small-top. Yeah. When I was younger, it was straight hair. Now it's embrace-your-natural hair. Yeah. It's it's just confusing. Yeah. Well, the target's always
1: moving because, like, once you... Now Mm. you've purchased all the straightening products, like, oh, okay, well we still, yeah, we still need to make our profit. And so like, okay, here, try this, like beach, salt, wavy. like, Uh I mean, all of, yeah. so, and, and that's really fun. And I think like, I love,
0: I love love
1: going to Ulta. I love getting (laughs) like a few of those things that like really make me feel like, Hey, I'm taking care of my skin. Like I'm hydrating my skin or I'm I'm, like washing my hair and it feels good. Like I think, but being able to like do something because you want to, is different than doing something because you're always chasing this mark of being good enough.
0: Yeah. And
1: so whenever I like get in this place of like, you know, I hate something about my body, whatever it is, like the color of my hair or like the size of my butt, like right. whatever it is, like it's okay. Like who
0: benefits from me feeling like I this? I love that question. Who benefits? Yeah.
1: And so I think that that has been like one of the the biggest catalysts in helping me change my relationship with my body. Because when I realize, like, wow, I actually like, this is very detrimental to me. Um, so how can I do something that's like more helpful and more healthy for myself? And you know, I just, I, I want that for me. I want that for my daughter. I want that for you. I want that for my mom. I want that for all of the women in my life. Like, hey, how can we do things that Enable us to have a more healthy relationships, mm. healthy relationship with our with our own bodies. Yeah.
0: Ooh, I love that. Yeah. Yeah, that's intense.
1: Okay, so the other thing. So you you asked a question like, "Hey, how do like how do we how do we get there?" And I think that yeah.
0: these are some tools that have helped us. We would love to hear if you guys have like. <sighs> If you have, or do you have more tools? No, just like drop in. Tell us like the ways that you experience love and gratitude for your body. Yeah. And how do you accept others' bodies too, right? Yes, because that's. I mean, I think that's huge. And that's mm-hmm. something like I catch
1: myself doing all the time. Just like, Carissa, it is none of your business. Yes,
0: it's not. Yeah, it's, it's none, none of, my of your business. business. But
1: like society has like made it my business, right? Like I get to judge. Mm-hmm. I get to do these things. I get to hold other women down and prop myself up on top of them.
0: Right. And
1: being able to like change that to like, hey, that's none of my business. And like my job is to love and accept her exactly how she is and like more power to her.
0: You know, I like that you just said that too, because something that I've had to say a lot to myself is it's none of my business what other people think of me. Mm-hmm. Like, it's yep. not my business that Carissa said that I have an undesirable undesirable body or something, right? Like, like those hurtful statements, like sometimes we get really caught up in... Carissa didn't say that about me. Yeah. by the way. Yeah, because I like I'm always like, like <laughs> Shelby's so hot. I want to be like Shelby. <laughs> no, but it's just that was a poor example. But it's none of your business what other people say about you. And yeah. a lot of the times, in in my experience as well, has been caught up on what others have said about me. Yep. What boyfriends have said. Mm-hmm. What people have like. What rumors spread about me in high school or whatever it was. Yeah. It's not my business. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not my business that I was spoken about. It, and, you know, it comes b- back around that what other people say about you has more of a reflection of who they are yeah. instead of what you are. Yeah. Yeah, that's maybe just a little perspective yeah. on...
1: Well, let's take the shoulder example. Yeah. So like you felt completely fine with your shoulders. Mm-hmm. And yet you had a friend who did not feel good about her shoulders. And it was really helpful for her, for you to not feel good about. Right. Your shoulders. Right. Too, right. When like, oh well, that was like none of your business, how she feels about her shoulders or your
0: shoulders. Cause there's nothing wrong with your shoulders. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, that maybe acceptance, you are worthy of the life. That you desire. Mm-hmm. You are worthy of taking up space. Yeah. Like you are enough as you are in this moment right now and imperfect as you are. Yes. And, and, and change the things that you have control over. Yeah, Like, right. Change the things that you, that you have control over and love the things that that you can't change, right? Like like poor love and acceptance. Like instead of instead of looking at your shoulders in the mirror and thinking how gross and ugly they are and that you wish that they didn't, it's like can you is there is there something that you can Pour gratitude in, like, what do mm-hmm. your shoulders do yeah. for you, right? Yeah, like I don't my, even know. What do your like shoulders? Like my best theory?
1: friend, <gasps> my best friend leans on my shoulder in Christ because, like, oh, I like yes. her space. But, like, oh, I I that, like, I embrace her. Mm-hmm. Or like a sleeping baby,
0: like my niece and nephews, yep. like I get to love and hold yep. them. Yep. and This is the shoulder hold- that, like,
1: burps the baby and like oh. snuggles
0: up. Yeah. See, I love that. Like finding that love, um, no matter how abstract it is, yeah. it doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be physical appearance. Um, you know, I was once told something about my hands, but it's like you know, hands are meant for holding. Hands are mm-hmm. meant for hugging, uh, hugging, and <laughs> yeah, hands are meant for high fiving. <laughs> yes, it allows you to touch the earth that we walk on mm-hmm. and the ones that you love. So there's, you know, a new narrative that you can pour into yourself, um, over out with the old and with the new, right? Yep.
1: Yep. Maybe listening to this podcast, you're like, yeah, cool. That's awesome. I want to like accept myself as I am. And I want to like break the chain and I want to change the narrative. Um, and maybe you feel really good right now. And I just want to like, also, I don't know shine a light on and point to the fact that like, hey, and you said this before too, like our bodies are always changing. So maybe like one day you feel really good in your body and then the next day you wake up and you're like, I'm bloated, this is the worst. Sure. And so just realizing that like, it's not a destination we arrive to. It's not like mm. we get to this place where we're like, cool, I love my body now. Perfect, here, I made it. Yeah. Like it's just not a place that you arrive. It's like a constant journey because every single day we're being sold to. Yes. Every single day we're getting messages directly, indirectly, overtly to our face. Yep. Or like behind our backs. Yeah. And also every single day, you know, and especially for women, like we have a cycle every 28 days. Like there we have like a week where like, hey, we retain more water and more like, and we feel more bloated and we need more protein and
0: like And then, and that shifts too. And also though, on a biological and cellular level, you are changing. Every seven years, your skin cells or like all of your cells like regenerate and shed. And quite literally, you are a new person. Like you are always changing. And so to not accept those past stories and to live in that space because you are not only just in a different phase of life, but you are a different person. Yeah. You have shed and regrown mm-hmm. and blossomed. And, and gone
1: through experiences mm-hmm. and like hurt deeply and learned and yes. changed. Like yeah, we are definitely and so it's not like, hey, from two white girls, we're telling you, love your body. Yeah, gross. it is. It is like, hey, our bodies are always changing, and sometimes it's easier than others to like love and accept where we are. But the point is, none of us, none of us, should withhold who we are or try to take up less space because we're trying to fit in.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, instead,
1: we need to belong to ourselves,
0: Yeah. so Ooh. that we
1: can we can literally make that that shift that needs to happen in order for future generations to be able to live life fully and not fear that if they do, they're sacrificing
0: a desirability level. Absolutely. It's been a lot of work to better my relationship with my body, Mm -hmm. but I don't regret it. Yeah. Like I... Looking at where I am and being on this journey of life, love and acceptance feels better. It sometimes is more challenging and it's hard. Yeah. It's got its own qualms, but loving myself and my body and that acceptance feels better internally to me than spreading hatred and anxiety over maybe the looker shape well, of my body. And it's
1: necessary, right? Like, it's necessary for you to face those issues and to grapple with those issues in order for you to be able to spread love and acceptance. Yeah. Like, you don't just spread love and... Ex- I mean, I think if we were to remain in our childlike state and not have to endure, like, traumas or or yeah. challenges that human beings go through, but we are human beings and we... And we do go through hardships, and we do receive societal messages, and so therefore we do need to grapple with those messages so that we can then return to spreading love and acceptance.
0: Yeah, I think that it's important to ask yourself how something feels to you, because we're all mm. different, and yeah. something's going to resonate with you that probably doesn't resonate with yeah. me. Yep, um, and vice versa. Yeah, for everyone. And so I think that a good way of figuring out like what feels good for you is a good, is just ask yourself, like, how does this feel to me? Yeah. And does this feel
1: true to me?
0: Yeah. Does this feel good to me? And if it doesn't feel good to you, maybe be brave enough to ask yourself what would feel better instead. Yeah, Like instead of. Instead of looking in the mirror and pinching your thighs, like what would feel good,
1: yeah,
0: you know, yeah. getting yourself out of that headspace, yeah, and then replacing it, and and honestly asking yourself that, right? I think that a lot of these diet cultures or societal pressures rely on you being a sheep. They yeah. rely on you not questioning mm-hmm. and following and doing. Mm-hmm. I think that you break that chain when you when you challenge it for yourself yeah. and to be brave enough to listen. yeah, A lot of the times, like when I'm journaling and stuff and I really feel like I'm getting into my flow state, I can write a question and then it's almost as if my intuition answers yeah. it. And that's really beautiful when you can get into that space of listening to your body and honoring yourself and maybe it's not listening to your body but more listening to like your heart and your truths and like what feels good. Yeah. A lot of my life I've spent making myself look a certain way for mm. these unknown characters. Yeah. You know, my butt's gotta look a certain way or my my hair, I'm, I'm unpresentable or you know, whatever it is and I think that I've recognized that a lot of those, I, they're not the beat to my drum. Like it's not doing it for me. I just had like a crazy epiphany as you were talking. You just like illuminated something for me.
1: Like, Oh, I think that's like perhaps where some of that heart, like the, the part that feels really hard or like where the answer is, is, um, in order to, I think that like helps us accept other people and where they are Mm. is if you can like hear something and be like, you know what? That's, that doesn't feel like my truth. Like that doesn't feel good to me. And then being able to like, you know, like hold that space for other people. Like, okay, well, this is what feels good to me. This definitely feels like truth to me, but maybe that's not what feels like truth to her. Like, I think being able to ask yourself that question and have that that self-awareness, I think perhaps that's maybe where some of our acceptance for others can come from is just acknowledging that like My truth is my
0: truth and it doesn't have to be yours. Yeah. You know? And also, it's not my business what your truth is. Yeah, exactly. Ooh. Yeah. We just made full circles, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) Oh, man, it
1: was so good. It was crazy as you were talking. I was like, holy cow. I'm like, yeah. I feel like I'm realizing something. Okay. So, I have a few resources that I want to share. We'll link them in the show notes. Um, So I, I listened to this phenomenal podcast. Uh, It's Renee Brown with Sonia Renee Taylor. And I have her book, The Body is Not an Apology. Um, I've read portions of it. I'm so excited to like read the whole thing. Her interview was like life changing. So I just want to like, I want to, I'll put that in the show notes so that um, anybody who is interested, check out that podcast, get her book, Sonia Renee Taylor. She is like, she is you know, this whole thing, like we want to break the cycle. We want to change the narrative. We want to like put forth a better future for like women going forward. Sonia Renee Taylor is doing that work. Um, also the book intuitive, what is it called? It's intuitive In- eating. Yeah. Intuitive eating. Like that was, that book was like big time game changing for me. That's when I was able to say like, you know what? I'm never doing a diet again Yeah. and I'm not weighing myself anymore. Yep that yep, was I'm like a big game changer. So those are so between like the things that we talked about um and then also those resources that's been really helpful for me. Awesome. So, if there is anything that we have left out or overlooked or we haven't talked about that has been impactful for you, oh my goodness, we would love to hear that. Yeah,
0: please let us know. I would love to hear any comments or stories expressing your experience through your lens in your body, uh, I would love to hear about that. Yeah. We're
1: really, really excited for what's coming next. Yeah. So we are doing kind of like a three-part series on body image. So you just heard from us, our stories, our experiences, some of the things that we've worked through, and we have two interviews coming up. We're so excited to share
0: with you guys. We are so excited. Yeah. We just want to share a big thank you to everybody who helped make this episode possible. From the bottom of our hearts, thank you. Drop into our DMs. You can find us on Instagram at itotallyrelatepod. Or you can share your feedback and insights with us at Pod at gmail.com. We totally want to get to know you. See you next time. Peace out.